Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, featuring Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Hello, welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name is Blue, alongside of me is Mr. Joe Grande, and you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. That's right, folks. Thank you for listening to our podcast all around the world. Make sure you check out the website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we have so many great articles and blogs on the site for you to learn from. And feel free to give us a call anytime at 1-800-420-1980. And make sure you check out the IG pages at Cannabis Talk 101. My brother from another mother, Blue, is at the number one. Christopher Wright. Hello. And you can find me at Joe Grande 52. I got to remind you guys if you're looking for a quickie, you want to smoke something, check out Quickie Pre Rolls at quickieprerolls.com yeah. or on Instagram at quickie pre rolls with three S's at the end. Everybody loves a quickie. On the campus today, you guys, is a lady behind the cannabis company with a truly amazing story of redemption and preservation. I just, I can't wait to hear your full story because. Sitting with us is Lindsay Renner, the owner and CEO of Native Oakland and Native Humboldt Farms, you guys, a regenerative cannabis company based in Humboldt County, California, that emphasizes sustainable and ethical farming practices gently tucked into an indigenous farm in Oak Grove, Native Humboldt preserves the natural habitat surrounding their canopy you guys the result is high quality craft cannabis now native humboldt farms uses indigenous which i can't hear wait to hear everything about this farming practices to promoting uh the way they do their whole practice improving soil health increasing soil biology and product craft cannabis they're also partnered with cookies enterprise on their Humboldt Grown initiative, which is great because they're out there teaching and helping people learn and helping the youth out there. Be sure to check out their website, Native Humboldt Farms, N-A-T-I-V-E-H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T-F-A-R-M-S.com. And also follow them on Instagram at Native Humboldt to be on top of everything in their new world that they're doing today. Without further ado, please put your hands together for our Native sister, our girl, the Native Oakland and Native Humboldt Farms, Lindsay Renner in the building. Yeah, what up? <laughs> How you doing? So I love all this Native talk and Native Oakland, Native Humboldt Farms, obviously Native American Indian. Yes, absolutely. So I'm Wailaki, and I'm actually an enrolled member of the Round Valley Indian Tribe. So um, right now we have a reservation in Mendocino County, but initially we were actually native to Humboldt County. And so that's where native Humboldt, the name comes from. Um, And yeah, I have this crazy story where 
Um, I grew up without my native side of my family and I ended up on native Humboldt farms and I was there for three years. And then when I contacted them, um, they, they were like, we know exactly where you are. It turns out that that specific piece of property was my great, great grandmother's, my, my third great grandmother, Chow Row. Yeah. After 1860. And it was actually my tribes before they were pushed to a reservation in Minnesota. Well, this was County. all tribes. Let's just call it what it was totally, here. I mean, totally, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Columbus <laughs> came and fucked that up, but I mean, <laughs> let's just be real. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I love America, but I've always spoke the truth. Come on yeah, now. It's the truth. Yeah. yeah. It was all tribal. So what do you mean you found out like the, the white man take you in a humble and no no like, yeah. how what, did yeah I like what, what is that story i want more detail on the that. story about my tribe or the story or, are about you me yeah for you yeah land. exactly finding that yeah so i just i met my husband um in 2008 and he had just bought that property and he's actually from new jersey and um yeah i was there for three years and i reached out to my biological father and my grandparents and they it's so crazy you guys like so we're on the phone and they were literally like, okay, walk down to the bottom of your property, you know, off to the left. You wouldn't even know it's there. You walk up on this hill and there is a white picket fence around a grave site. And wow. it's from 1861. And it says Ellen Hoagland. And that was my great, great, great oh grandmother's daughter. This is such a great story. I knew this was going to be a story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first. And so with my tribe, what's, what's crazy is that so we came to Humboldt in the early 1700s and then 1860, it was the gold rush. And um, we were, you know, the whole thing happened. We were rounded up, re-education schools, you know, there, there was a mass ge uh, genocide of, of the men. And then my great, great, great grandmother was a survivor. Um, and then she ended up owning that property until uh, the early 1900s or something like that. And then and they just, just stole it, it from her and says, here you go. Well, no, she she got it. I mean, so most of the the men were actually, you know, killed. And then the women, you know, remarried or, or, or whatever. Remarried. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Village, enslaved, yeah. you know, yeah. to be honest. But um yeah, so she had that property. We looked into the deed, you know, uh, Ancestry.com, all of that stuff. And it's true. Like, that was my ancestral land. And you ended up marrying the guy that bought that property? Like, he, he bought it maybe, oh. like, Spooky, a, a crazy year cool, right? before I met him. And wow. he's not from Humboldt. I mean, he's from New Jersey. He ended up with it. <sighs> and, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, meant to be. Some you divine know? intervention it's, it's, there. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's Literally. the world coming in full circle. Yeah. 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 So, so you talked to your family about this, and and you didn't know where they were at either. You're saying, or you kind of were adopted as a kid or something, or what, yes, what happened there? So that's crazy too. So, my grandparents and my father were both uh, cannabis farmers, dope growers wow. in the '70s and the '80s. And so, I was born in 1982, and my mom's family uh, was a pretty like prominent family in Humboldt, and clearly not okay with cannabis. They're still not. Ah, yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah. I'd love to interview them, by right. the way. I, I love, I can't wait to talk to people like that. I love it. Like, right? No, I know. I, I they need to be, yeah, I know. Well, no, I just like to hear here. their perspective. Bring them sure. on the show. Yeah, yeah, I would I love exactly. to have them on, seriously. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, well, we don't talk because, like, we, it's that much of a big deal. Like, they don't agree with it, you know? Um, but yeah, so my grandparents and my, and my dad, when I was born, my mom's family, they had a lot of money and they were basically like, you can't see her unless you want to go to court and we're going to say that you guys are dope growers. And wow. so 1982, that's unheard of. You can't, it would have been federal prison time. Right. You know, it's just something that you can't do. And sure. so 
they just kind of walked away. And when I when I contacted them after being on the property on Native Humble Farms for three years, they were like, we've been following you. We know where you are. And then they told me the story and they were just kind of waiting for me to reach out. Wow. Yeah. Wait for you to find out who you are and yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Wow. What a touching story. And that probably ruined the relationship between your mother and grandparents. Like, what the? F There's a lot of things that ruined that my but This has become the Jerry Springer <laughs> podcast of <laughs> cannabis. For sure, that's but my this story is, for yeah. sure. <laughs> wow, that's such an interesting one, though, to yeah. figure that all out. Yeah. Because was your mom's side the Native American as well, though? Um, no, so just, your dad's just side. my dad's side. Yeah. And then my mom's side. So they, they actually came to Humboldt in, so it wasn't like with the back to the land movement in the seventies, they came in the early 1900s. Um, and they were like, my great grandpa was a sheep farmer. And at one point in time, he owned like most of the lost coast, like from honeydew to Petrolia sold it off. And then my grandma ended up with like 10,000 acres in Petrolia. Um, and then they had like a, uh, uh, propane distribution company. Or oh, something. so the that, 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 was, that side did well. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Very well. That's yeah. a good business. That's fun. Yeah. Wow. That's so then amazing. you get, you do this, you find out, you reached out. How did you find out who your real dad was then? So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I was, it's pretty crazy. So I got into cannabis really young. And I think most of the reason why was because I asked about my biological dad when I was about 12, and that's the first time I smoked cannabis too. Um, and I was actually told by my family that they were dope growers, and because they were dope growers, there was no way that they could, um, they like didn't have the capacity to love. It was like real like devil's lettuce, like, you know. The like, kukui, everything yeah, you could imagine like talked about, yes. You know, they can't love, they can't, you know, anything like that. All so, propaganda bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And so I think for me, I feel like it was maybe intriguing. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, I actually tried it for the first time, like pretty closely after that. Um, and then, so I knew, I knew of them, you know. Right. I knew Did they allow them. you to know that you were Native American at a young age or? No, they, they, they never talked about it. And I think when you grow up in that situation, like you just don't really like, you know, at 12, I'm not wondering like what my heritage is, you know, I wish that I would have, but they certainly weren't supporting that at all. And honestly, when I found my Native American family, I like, oh my gosh. I mean, I just felt like my whole, my heart was full. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you I find know out who I you really from. are. That's yeah. who I really am. You know, I was able to, like, I always felt like I didn't belong, you know, where I was. Is your mom white? I didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my yeah. family is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a big, I, I think when that type of scenario happens, I can only imagine that the child would feel like, oh my God, because I was only born. And at the younger age too, you don't really realize yeah. white, Mexican, black, sure. you don't know that. But when you get to like, you said 12, and then it's like, no wonder why I'm darker than everybody else in my family. <laughs> my uncles, my aunts, and if, especially if you're only with that side, cause you're dark skinned. Yeah. I mean, you tan better than everybody. You have totally. darker hair than everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, why do I look like this? Yeah. And oh, you're just different. Yeah. 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 And it's, it was crazy because I actually didn't see it until, I don't know, I was maybe like, it was probably a little later than it should have been, but like till 14, like I just, I never compared myself to the rest of that's them. That's good. They have blonde Thank God. hair and blue eyes and, you know, I just, I didn't look at it and then, and then I did, you yeah, know, when I was like, a hey, teenager and I'm <laughs> like, and I just felt really out of place and I just knew that I was different and, and, and I am different and connecting with 
um, you know, my Native American heritage, like, you know, there's this like part in my heart that like feels more than the rest of my family, you know, like there's just something there. I'm con more connected, more connected with the earth, the mother people, earth, the whole, yeah, yeah vibe. in general, like, yeah, just all the vibes. And, um, yeah, when I realized that I was native American, I was like, okay, cool. That makes sense. It's so funny. I was a kid at a powwow and an Indian in all gear walks by and I asked my mom, mom, is that a good Indian or a bad Indian? Because of TV, oh, right? right. Yeah. I'm just yeah. on all yeah. we were, see good or bad Indians, yeah. right? Whatever, I didn't know. And my mom, mijo, pendejo, what? You know you're Native American, right? I'm like, I didn't know. And so my mom goes, no, you're gonna learn all about it. So look at, this is me with my Indian costume and finding out that I'm Native American and I go, oh, I need to find out about my heritage. Can you pull my, is mine up there though? Or it's not up there, huh? And I found out that I was Native American going, oh my goodness, I can't believe I had to realize and find out the way of that I did. But when I did find out, it was so like, oh, I am this whole thing. Is. But this was me as a kid. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And I, you know, did my whole bustles, my Angora, my, you know, everything. And then I got my roach, uh, which is the, Thing that goes on top of your head it's not in this picture but then i started indian dancing singing at powwows and like i say i have this is my you know i, I used to go to powwows after i learned as a kid and i too had a similar scenario wake, feeling of like yeah. well i'm more than just this kid from the east side of san jose where i hung out with black mexicans and i it wasn't a big you didn't know yeah. what it was but i felt something everything you described yep. is something i felt too because of the question that i asked my mom yeah and i'll never forget it and it's been talked about ever since because then i got so involved in the native american you know, like i said i was ahead of the title four indian education program in high school i went and spoke at sacramento because i was a part of this thing i was a keynote speaker there i was asb president as well so it always helped that i could go out there and speak but i spoke because i was the head of the title four indian education program is the other reason why I got to go to Sacramento, not only because I was ASB president of the school, but because I did the extracurricular stuff for the Native American Indians. Amazing. So it's Joe, like some something you're, thing. You're Native American? Just a little bit, as you can see, <laughs> for those watching on the YouTube channel, you're definitely got a treat to see the young Joe there. Well, there when we come is. back, let's take a break. And I really want to get into this brand and how you started it and how tough that was as well, because being a woman starting a cannabis brand or just being anybody, but let alone a woman, it's got to be tough. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back after this break. Keep it locked. Follow Blue at one Christopher Wright. Follow Joe Grande at Joe Grande 52. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Chalmers Wellness, you guys, is a full-service rehabilitation and recovery facility, plus... He's a personal doctor to some of us around here, you guys. They work with patients to identify and treat and manage a wide variety of issues, including weight loss and weight gain. I wish they worked on height because Tony could really use that. Digestive problems, (laughs) chronic fatigue, pain, injuries, and a bunch of diseases, you guys. Chiropractic problems, fibromyalgia, (laughs) carpal tunnel syndrome, and plantar fasciitis. His medical doctor is the type of guy you guys at regular doctors refer their patients to Dr. Chalmers when traditional medicine and treatments are not working for their patients. For more information, check out the website, chalmerswellness.com or call them direct at 214-446-5300. And he can't work with your height. I'm sorry, Tony. Lindsay, you're the owner of Native Humble Farms and Native Oakland. How did you create these companies? How hard? Give us this journey and story as well. We know what cannabis brands are, but I want to hear this journey of a young lady going and going, I'm going to do this, what my father was doing, what my ancestors were doing on a land that was ours, that was taken, and now my husband and I own. How does that even come about? When did you, give me the story. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I got to the property in 2008, and John was actually kind of like the head cultivator, right? And I, I, you know, I watered, I would top dress and do random things, but I was really just a stay-at-home mom. And in 2015, we had a total loss house fire at the farm. Our neighbor's house caught on fire. We're an hour away from any town, any store, any fire department. And so by the time they got there, we had lost everything except for 2,500 sour diesel plants, a cut that John had had and carried and mommed out um, since 1999. So yeah, special cut, 2,500 plants. It crushed him. you know, and you don't really know how you're going to like respond in a situation like that. And so he didn't go back to the farm. We, we had insurance. We bought a house in Venbo in town and I started commuting. So 2015, I took the 2,500 sour diesel clones. Um, my friend owned a grow store, Swain's Flat Outpost, actually. Shout um, out. Daisy. Yeah. Shout out Daisy. She actually cuffed me soil. So to, to be able to grow that 20, 2,500 plants. And I grew them out. That was my first year. It was almost 10,000 square feet. And then 2015 to until two, 2020, it was just me out there. So I John like when was she says town. cuff. Cuff. Because yeah, people don't she even know what cuff the, is. You know, the you know, soil. Yeah. That's fronting. If yeah, those that fronted. don't know, she fronted. They cuffed you. They hooked you up with it. You know, 
That's like someone giving you terms on your, your soil, yeah. which is awesome. Totally. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to cut you off. Super no, helpful. I love that. I, I'm glad you explained that because yeah. I'm just going to roll over and act like, okay, I didn't really, I didn't I, know what it meant. That's the cuff. Okay. Like I used yeah. to give weed to or cannabis Front. to people on the cuff. <laughs> right. Like, on I'll the cuff when you say cuff. that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it now, but when you said I just go, okay, yeah, on the cuff. Like, yeah, that's like stop. It's a it's a cannabis term for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But yeah, so until 2020 and so 2015, um, you know, I was growing 2016, Humboldt County came in putting their regulations in place. Um, John actually didn't want to go legal. And, you know, all of Humboldt County kind of had this decision to make, you know, do we trust the government? Do we trust our county? You know, what should we do? Um, and so I said, I'm going to go for it. So I signed the affidavit saying that I was breaking the law in 2015 and I was oh. growing weed and um, signed up with the county and got that rolling. And Your so mom that, loved you for that too, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, she's really proud. Oh, Lindsay, you're my baby. Thank you for doing that for us. Yeah, yeah. no, she's very proud of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so as, you know, Prop 64 came into place, um, I knew, so I have a small farm. It's 5,000 square feet and it's just tiny, maybe the smallest in Humboldt County. And so I was like, okay, this is too small. I'm going to have to do something so that I can compete, you know, give me a better chance. And so I got type six manufacturing. I was the, I think one of the first 250 licensed January 1st, 2018. So the starting day of Prop 64 in California, I was maybe one, uh, one of the first three, three women. And then the only, you know, uh, Native American enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe to hold a license and still to this day and that so i got that and then um i love that by the way like it <laughs> yeah. deeply ma makes yeah. me like feel something yeah, yeah. like really it's, makes me feel so something yeah. yeah like, like i really I feel it. something like yeah. oh my god that's so fucking dope it's a big deal it really yeah, is it's a big deal yeah. especially like i said i mean i hate to go back to it now like it's a big deal but the land got taken from our people yeah. period you know like i said i'm native american winnebago from nebraska yeah. and my dad's a tribal member he has his number i have my number i call i called I, I don't have my number i called to try to get our numbers but the generations broke down i can't get it but when you just look at the history it's it's what we're owed it is you know yeah, yeah. period yeah, it means a lot and then i got the land back right like it's like through cannabis I got our original land back, or at least a piece wow. of it. Is that and through then, the state, or that's with your husband? Because so that's was, through because the husband. Because right now, we're on a reservation in Mendocino County, so we're not in Humboldt anymore. We were taken out of Humboldt, given land in, in a neighboring county. Um, so the land that we have that my husband bought before we met, um, that was our original land. Yeah. So it's that's came back into my possession, in full, yeah. which is full like, circle. it's kind of like, meant to be of you course know, like, not only meant to be but yeah, just I mean, so just god given like me. wow yeah, yeah. Like, it was how written. do you meet a man yeah. from new jersey out in humble who buys something <laughs> then you marry him and have and kids you find and, out, and then you land. find out that it was your your ancestors <sighs> land yeah i mean that is just incredible and i want to know more about this guy right yeah yeah <laughs> shout no, out to john shout out to john yeah, yeah yeah no he's amazing and you know we I'm so thankful to have him as well. And I think we make a really good team. Like, you know, I kind of started it and did the cultivation up till 2020. Um, he came back in 2020. It took him a couple years to, to really get used to what the new industry was. Like I was like, everything has to be perfect. You have to use jute trellis instead of the, you, you know, like we have yeah. to do all of these things. Everything has to be AAA perfect. And um, this year, because, you know, I'm out, you know, cannabis conference or, you know, podcast and stuff like that, doing uh, distribution and then native Oakland, the delivery, 
he's really the main cultivator this year. So it's the first year he's just like the main cultivator. I'm there for like harvesting and planting and, sure. you know, some of the days, but, and he crushed it and he has the kids. Nice. So yeah. Good and he's a, an amazing How many kids you guys have? Dad. And we have three. How old? Um, 13, nine and five. Are you wow. guys currently on the farm living there? So we have a house in Bimbo and honestly, I go back and forth and John's John's out there all of the time. Like in Bimbo, we have goats and yeah. you know, we have like animals. So I'm I'm down in Bimbo a couple days and then it's crazy because so Bimbo, the farm is an hour away and then, you know, the facility Native Oakland is in Oakland, so that's like three and a half hours away. So I'm constantly driving like yeah. deliveries. And Mama's got to work. Yeah, kids. yeah. And you know, so like, yeah, I eventually got distribution, and then I had those until um, up in Humboldt County, and then I just switched them down. So I got a micro business in Oakland um, because it's more centrally located. Right. You know, I can make it down here and everything like that. But I think that everything's really just kind of lined out for me if we're being honest and i feel like a lot of that is because like i don't know how else to say it like it was written like i was yeah. supposed to come back to that land like i'm supposed to be here talking about cannabis yeah. i'm a huge advocate you know i who couldn't not see that and think think you know spiritual right i mean yeah. how, how how could you not hear this story and I to mean, think the way she grew up was so far against it mom I mean, and the whole relatives like and are, are they aware of where you're at too they're aware of where I'm at, um, but yeah, I mean, we don't, we're just different. We're different people, yeah. you know, we have different values and, you know, uh, we're just, we're. Well, are they attorneys or the doctors, what do they do? No, my mom's husband, so I was adopted by my mom's husband um, and his family had an oil distribution company up in Humboldt. But yeah, they have some issues. So yeah, yeah. so we yeah. just you know they they don't they know where I where I am, but um, we just kind of live. They don't separately. know the story though. Of, of I think they've heard it. I'm assuming they probably like they'll probably pull up this podcast. I'm sure, sure. and just like because they secret. I mean, you secret. <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope mean, you guys so still too. love each other, right? I mean, there's still love there. It's just it's just different different. Of course, I love my family, and yeah. I I always will. Just and difference of uh, we just we we just and it's not just cannabis, but we just we have different values and yeah. opinions on you know how to live life and yeah. you know but i love them yeah. yes they're super um you know right wing yes yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's uh, but they're also super super humbled you know it's yeah. just like old school humbled, but it's so, funny yeah. though because when you when i think of humbled i think people are more open to what has been the money maker for a lot of the county yeah. and everybody knows what goes down there it's not a secret you know what i mean yeah it's like this is what's made a lot of people money because there's not a lot of jobs there it's not a lot of people who have this gas company or whatever else people sold weed across the world from yeah. humboldt mm -hmm. i mean face it that's what it was people get back to canada mexico new york all over the country I mean, so it's like, it's a known thing. And me being from the Bay Area, I knew that. I was born and raised in San Jose. You knew the yeah. best weed came from Humboldt. Yeah. And in LA, Blue's I mean, from LA. He knew the best weed come from Humboldt. Yeah, I mean, we, we used to, to, I mean, when I was young, I was blown away. I, I went out there and had some friends out there that we were, you know, grabbing some some packs from. And and I remember just going to his house and, you know, his. I remember his house all lit up. And I was like, all right, you know, he's growing whatever. It wasn't a big deal. But then I look across the street and like, there's like three or four other houses. And I'm like, they're all glowing. Yeah. Like everybody's <laughs> house is glowing in this neighborhood. It wasn't even like, they weren't even really hiding it. I mean, it was kind of like low key, but yeah. it wasn't like, 
I mean, you open the door, you can see a glow. You kind of like, you're like, okay, you know the glow, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you got the glow, you got the glow. <laughs> and I used to look and I'm like, this, I, I, there's six or 10 houses within a, a block that I'm like, that are all glowing. And, and it was, it, you know, I think they're was, all glowing. That's <laughs> awesome. Glowing. And it's just like, dude, it's and you know, oh, that's my neighbor. This, and they were pretty open with it in their little, in their little neighborhood. And uh, even at that point, I think he was like the mayor's even growing out here. I'm like, OK, like it's hard to believe. But that's that's the culture of what was happening out there. So, it's yeah, cool. it is. And, it you know, it, it really was the only industry. So like from the 70s, like before cannabis became a thing in the 70s. Um, with the back to the land movement, there was no other industry like everything had failed, um, you know, gold, fishing, uh, timber, there was nothing there. And it became just like extremely like desolate. And it was very worrisome. And so bringing cannabis into the equation was like the best thing for Humboldt County. But I think that, you know, so like the gas companies, you know, they were providing fuel to the black market indoor grows that were in the hills, you know, red diesel. And you know, everyone did make their money off of cannabis, but not everyone, not everyone admits that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are afraid. Well, to they turn the eye to act like I wasn't doing that. We we sold our stuff. Oh, yes, you were. <laughs> exactly. You were a part of it. Yeah. Really, you made millions. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Everybody yeah. does and yeah. still does till this day. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about it because, yeah. you know, all the things do. We're going to take a break real quick. Come back, Lindsay. And hear about some of the great flour and stuff that you guys do produce and what people can buy from you guys and where you guys are selling you all your product out. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Show. We'll be right Come back after this break. 1-800-420-1980 and leave us a voicemail. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the number one cannabis show on the planet. You know what? F*** it. Now back to the number one cannabis show in the universe. 
Universe Cannabis Talk 101. Turn your typical into something special, folks. When it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste mm, should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Make sure you visit the website, loranoils.com. I want to thank everybody around here that makes it happen, from Adrian to Alex, Mondo, Madison, Teddy the Show Dog, Daniel Connor, Cam Beach Barcelar, Ali Sunday, Goldie, Brother Pitt, Mark Carnes, Chris Franquino, Jennifer Erica, and Elvis. Thank you guys for everything you do here. Lindsay Renner, the owner and CEO of Native Humble Farms, and native Oakland and on the break I had to show you how you look just like a family member of mine you really I was staring at you and off the show I go blue who does she look like and he was like my daughter and I was like yes I see that too but you really look like my daughter's mother my oldest one for sure and uh, it's just really funny when I first seen you too I didn't see it but when you sat across from me I was like oh my god I'm staring at her totally different like she looks like do you remember um I think when we first met earlier you said you look familiar yeah do you remember I don't know. I didn't remember. Yeah. I, yeah well, yeah, no wonder. You? I think it was Blue that said that. I just okay. walked up and oh, said maybe, hi, maybe, well, Lindsay. I mean, was it right there behind the thing? Yes. Or that yes. was me. Yeah. Okay, that was yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I we just came like up. Too. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look like your yeah. Your daughter you like and fam- your, your family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is cool. <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh my god, and the native, and I showed you my Indian picture yeah. like this. We're both connected. We are family. Yes. We are family. It's good to have you here, Lindsay. So tell us about Native Humble Farms brands. What are you guys putting out there? Is it eighths? Is it pounds? Is it pre-rolls? What do we got from you guys? Yeah, I mean, we do a little bit of both, but we have um, we have eighths, we have half ounces, we have ounces. We do two packs of pre-rolls and then I have manufacturing. So I also, um, I make rosin and then I have tinctures. So I have a plain uh, coconut MCT tincture with rosin, which is amazing. And then I have that one, which I add cinnamon to, cinnamon oil. And I actually won the Emerald Cup for that recipe. Congratulations. Wow, look at you. So that's on the market. And then um, I have a relief balm and um, that's it. And then, you know, as far as strains, so I'm partnered with cookies. So. Um, I actually get exclusive cookies genetics before anyone else does. So um, every year, and this is my third year. So every year I get like maybe four or five strains um, that I'm really the only one that's growing at SunGrown in California. Um, We have like this year, we have um, the Mexican flan, the Congo cashmere, which no one has, the Tahitian lime. Um, that no one has. Um, so yeah, we just get these awesome, amazing genetics. How did you get that yeah. partnership with Cookies? And talk about what you guys are doing with them. Yeah. So um, I was actually listening to a Gary V podcast, driving back from LA, distributing. And he said, if you have five extra minutes and you don't have a LinkedIn account, make one. So I made one and a week later, the district manager from Cookies reached out and was like, hey, do you wanna come in You know, for a meeting? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, and it, that's where it all started. So that was three LinkedIn. years ago. LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I, me too. I love yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, it's seriously the best. I think it's one of the best networking devices out there. 100%. I've met a lot of great people on LinkedIn. Me too. Me too. 100%. It's because I feel like it's more quality. It's quality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll get your, business. you know, yeah, I get a lot of, hey, Joe, we want to promote this. We want to do that. But, but I, for the most part, I met a lot of quality people from around the world, too. It's not just your local area. You get to meet some quality business people on that site. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's my favorite. So you met them, went for the meeting and went went for the meeting. And honestly, I mean, initially it was kind of um, because I I do get a little bit of backlash for working with cookies because I'm a small farm and some people, you know, in Humboldt would say like you sold out and you're working with a corporate company. And 
Um, you know, when I first talked isn't to the gays. Isn't that the goal, for God's sake? Isn't that the goal? Like, what is the, yeah. what is the goal? Like, if yeah. not... And then they're over yeah. here complaining like, about, progress. we're not working with none of the big companies. And how come we're not getting money? And like, now I'm mad <laughs> because you're working with the big companies. Oh, it's, it's like, such what? a catch-22. It's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, it's, well, it's really you know, difficult. Every, but to each two. I'm trying to promote Taco Bell on this show. Let's go. Oh, you know what I mean? I want Taco Bell to be there. Go to BJ's, folks. If you're looking for a meal, get your bazooki. I can't wait. Oh, please. They came in and gave us some free meals. That's yeah, that was BJ's. good enough. That but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, nice. So you meet with them and what are you doing with them? I know you're doing some educational with them too, no? Is that what yes. you get? Yes, yes. How's part that? Of Cookies You. Yes, so, yeah. um, which I love. We've had them on and I think yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, Aren't they amazing? Great. Dude, I love what Cookies is doing. They're really helping the youth. They really are. Yeah, <laughs> and they're leading the way as far as making a social impact. Even though, you know, the industry is really hard because it's hard for everyone. It's hard for cookies, too, you know, and they're really still making an effort. And they're the only corporate company that's really still making an effort to make a social impact. And Cookies U is incredible. I'm an instructor. Um, I teach cultivation, compliance. Um, I do some beginning like um, infusions. Uh, We make uh, like topicals and um, edibles and things like that. Seminars. yeah, 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 seminars. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's so amazing. It's like a, a, you know, it's my favorite thing about the cannabis industry, to be honest with you. And, you know, I mean, it, it's rough. So it's like constantly, you know, difficult. And, you know, you're going through all the, all of this stuff. And it's a lot of kind of like doom and gloom, you know. I mean, it's very volatile. And then you get these students that come in and they are just so eager to learn and so positive and passionate and they haven't been in the industry yet so they're not like jaded really and they're just soaking up like every single little little bit of the experience and for cookies to be able to offer them that um is incredible sure and for you to give back like that like you know we love doing that too and we love when we see people doing that we always bring we just today we had a new group of interns that started with us and it's part of what I believe life's about. Yes. If you can't give back and help the youth, then what are you doing? Like, dude, you guys, everybody listening, you have some knowledge. Help the next kid out because, you know, unless you don't doing anything and you're just working whatever. But if you can, you should. Yeah. It's how we look at it as well. So that's why we're fans of Cookies You going. Yeah. And I love that you're doing that and want to commend you for it and acknowledge that you are a part of a company that does things like that because not all companies are doing things like that. And if you go, oh, should I support a brand? Well, Native Humboldt Farms is giving back to the next group of generation to learn how to cultivate, to learn how to treat this as medicine, as a plant, the mother nature, using it with the roots and the heritage of the Indian ways, which I love that you're uh, tapped into, yeah. which also, I feel like, like it's spiritual. And I think it's family owned and operated. I mean, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, um, we have to remember our roots and, and, and give back to the to, to first charity begins at home. But it, once you get that, you start to give back to the youth and the, you know, especially the, you know, the minority youth out there that's looking for it. Cause when I look at the, the uni- university of uh, cookies, cookies, you, you know, I, I look at it as like, you know, they are, treat teaching very young you know young young individuals where there's a lot of grown individuals that need some teaching too absolutely yeah. but a lot of these guys are very young and, and it's good it's healthy to start that i mean you know in hindsight you know had i had you know a mentor in that space at that age you know maybe my my career would have you know took off faster yeah. you know there's a lot of opportunity there you start to build relationships and 
And I think it's 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 an amazing opportunity for people to to learn. So, you know, if you haven't checked out Cookies You, make sure you do. Now, going back to you guys, is it just you and your husband that do most lifting there? Or is there is there a ton of other people on the farm? How does that look for you guys over there? Yeah, on the farm, so it's just us. Wow. Yeah, so everything wow. planted, everything harvest, everything bucked down. That 11-year-old's you know, out there like... working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're no, they're not really into it. <laughs> it's funny when you have kids and they just grow up around it like they're not interested, you know? Oh, they probably they're, hate it, actually. Maybe like, like, oh, Yeah, this no, is no. hard work. Like, it, it is hard work, it's you know? Job, so yeah. it's like... Um, but yeah, it's just us and, um, it's, you know, it's so crazy because it's such a, it's such a great way of life, right? Just being out there with the plants. Like, you know, we do, we do regenerative farming. We do like indigenous farming practices. We, um, we have like this really, uh, what does that mean? Yeah. So when we, you know, planted our canopy, we didn't change anything. We just kind of put the cannabis where it fits. And so like the natural ecosystem nice. is completely like pristine around it. So we have songbirds and like a natural integrated pest management system. So we have like an acre of blackberries next to the canopy or the oak trees. And so like the pests and the caterpillars, they like the oak trees better. And it's just this like whole ecosystem that's like we're working with nature instead of against it. Yeah. Um, wow. And so it's so so amazing to be out there and you know when i was well, flying down well, here yeah. i was just like Dope. you know it's so crazy because everything has changed so much so like we were very reclusive lived on the farm and we were just out there and that was our life and that was going to be our life well you know things changed and and now we're here and sometimes it's hard because i don't get to be on the farm all the time anymore you know like and then i thought yesterday when i was coming here I was like, well, at least my kids do, you yeah. know, my John is there and my kids and I'll come down and I'll fly around and I'll do the podcasts and, yeah. you know, only get to be there a certain amount Outreach, of time because yeah. they do get to live that life. And as yeah. long as I make the effort to, you know, really come down here and do these things and be in the bay and, you know, do all these other things, they do get to have that lifestyle, you know, That's that we great. wanted for, for everyone. That's great. And let me ask you, does it get to a point where, you know, you miss the family, obviously, right? And then once you you, you get to that, I mean, I, I'm just going to answer that one for you because that's a, it's a no-brainer, but, you know. She's all, no, I like being but, away. There's, but, there's days it's great, I'm sure. Who are we know, kidding? Yeah, but like how, <laughs> many, how, many, how many stores are you guys in now? Yeah. Where can people find the product and stuff like that? Um, so we're not in a ton of stores. We're probably in 15. Um, we're mainly in the East Bay yep. in, um, you know, Oakland, Hayward, um, they have been very like accepting of native. So that's fantastic. Good. And then, yeah, so we have this new delivery. So it's native Oakland. And what we have the opportunity, what I have the opportunity to do now is sell direct to consumer through events. Like we're having an event September 2nd where um, I bring farms down from Humboldt County. We have a band from Humboldt County DJs. And then we have a location in downtown Oakland. Everyone's popping up. I can actually have them set up tables and we can sell direct to consumer there through my delivery model. Um, and so I'm kind of giving the farmers a little bit more, um, marking it up a little bit less, just trying to get farms exposure. And then clearly for native, you know, you can always get us where we should be up on weed maps um, tomorrow. And we actually launched delivery like day to day in um, Oakland on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So by the time you're listening to this, it's already there. So, you know, which yep. is a good thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Awesome. I love the fact that you guys are, you know, from the Bay, North Bay, but rocking that East Bay. And of course, eventually getting all over California, I'm sure is the goal. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Well, Can we see you guys in Southern California soon? I would imagine everybody would 
especially like I would think just the name alone, right, would be good in like the Palm Springs area. Like, yes. you know, areas that people really attract to the native feel and vibe. Yeah. And actually, I just realized, so um, you can, when you hear this podcast, find me in the pottery stores and the pharmacy stores. So, ah. um, the, in LA, the pottery? Yes, the pottery. That's a big spot. I like yeah, the pottery. Santa Ana, the pharmacy, yeah. and the pottery um, also. All owned by the same group of people. Oh, I like those guys. Who, who are very supportive of me. I know so those guys. I get a guys. little bit of slack Those for, guys for are cool. Too, I hey. love them. You know, they're very supportive and that's a yeah, good group I, of people I there too. Yeah, I, I yeah. do. And and they they support me and I support them. And that's we're all going to keep, keep moving rocking. forward. Yeah. Yeah. I met all those guys when I was doing processing. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that whole group of people, they have the Long Beach location yeah. that they run it all out of. And uh, just a great group of dudes yeah. there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, we like to do the high five with everybody that comes on the show. Lindsay, it's so great to have you. Your story is truly phenomenal. I knew it was going to be when we're doing the research on you going, oh, the story and reading the website, folks. If you want to read the website and read so much more, make sure you go check out the website, you guys. It's nativehumboldtfarms.com. And of course, follow them on Instagram, nativehumboldt, you guys. Question number one with the CEO, Lindsay. How old were you the first time you smoked cannabis when your mom was so happy? And where did you get it from? I was 12. And, you know, honestly, I don't remember where I got it from. I don't. Who were you with? Um, I was with, I was a cheerleader. Um, and I was with my, like, maybe three or four girls from my cheerleading squad. I think I was seventh grade at yeah. 12. Yeah. yeah. Real, real, real life. Yeah. When it really happens. Yeah. What I, what I, what I, what I awesome. tell, what I tell, uh, you know, people out there, and I just, I, I've said it many times on the show, but I want to say it again. I think it's, there's a reason for it. But um, if your mom and dad don't teach you about, cannabis, drugs, and alcohol, um, or no one in your family does for that matter, then little Johnny on the block will. Yep. And, or little Lisa, you know, on the block will. And so it's so important to have those conversations with your your youngsters and have that that understanding of what what's real, um, not what's real in your home, but what's real in real life. Yeah. Because I I'll, agree with it. Yeah, Sometimes I get in trouble for it because I do yeah. it a little too early, but. Well, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I do want to say, so I actually have a children's book on Amazon called My Mom's a Cannabis Farmer, and it has pictures of my son, Isai. He, it's your when book? He's four. Yeah, it's my book. Congratulations. And I wrote it, and we kind of did the illustrations, and it's an amazing book, and it's just cannabis. It's just a plant. You know, it's my son talking, uh, referencing, you know, his mom, who's a cannabis farmer, and it's just it's just a plant, just like any other plants. We grow other crops. We grow corn, etc. cetera, um, because I do – if. We have to leave that conversation as adults, as parents. Yeah. Like we are responsible, and we have to do it. So yeah, on Amazon. Yeah, I love it. Congratulations! Look at you, a publisher as well. Go ahead now. There you go. Keep it going. Question number two of the high five. What is your favorite way to use or smoke cannabis? Um. So, I mean, I I feel like I've probably smoked like <laughs> like hundreds of pounds of weed over the course of my <laughs> life. You know, I mean, I started selling when I was fifteen, like eights and pounds, like quite a lot, but um i've done that enough i like to ingest it so i like tinctures because you can kind yeah. of dose um however you want you know you could do 7.5 you could do you know 13 you could do two you could do, you know so it's it's i think i think tinctures, tinctures. are great jill drops yeah boop, boop, boop. Drops. i think that's the way in my opinion that you might get the most medicine out of it too yeah you know what I mean? If you do the oils in my opinion you do those drops yeah. you're really getting because you and the Anecdotal evidence is: Look at the kid shaking on the floor. You put that under his tongue, and he stopped shaking. Yeah, 
I mean, how many times have people seen those videos where, wow, what did that do? That was the medicine in the tinksters. Absolutely. And I think when you smoke, it, it, um, you know, it interacts with your cannabinoid receptors in your brain. But when you ingest cannabis, it goes into all of your internal organs, like your whole thing, your whole system. So lubricates your body. Well, yeah, Yeah. I I think so much. It helps for inflammation better. It helps with any diseases, fighting it off. I mean, I think it's the best way to do it. Use it in my opinion as well. Yeah. Question number three of the high five, Lindsay, craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis. I would say probably when I was 12, because it was a, um, it was a cheerleading competition. A cheerleading camp. I was going to say something like that. Competition. It was like that basketball, you know, seventh grade, middle school, like basketball competition, all the schools, you know, are there. And I think we snuck off in the middle of that. Wow. And so So funny. I I feel the first one was, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, question number four of the high five. What is your go-to munchie after you get high? Hmm. I think I I don't really do like a lot of like sugar and candy and things like that. I'm more like a savory person. So probably just like chips or something. Yeah, what what kind? kind? Yeah, exactly. Mm, what kind of chips? I like the um, the Tim's Cascade jalapeno chips, like something uh, spicy, something yeah. like that. I always buy those jalapeno ones. They just I, had some I had, jalapeno I had some cheese. Last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I love jalapeno like, stuff. I might. I literally was burning last night from the jalapeno. Anything I jalapeno, the I get like Me too. oh jalapeno yeah. this, jalapeno butter. Jalapeno. I'll get that. <laughs> I that jalapeno cream cheese, my favorite. Oh, oh my god, too. yeah, it's yeah, mine too. Anything every, with jalapeno every, on it. Bagel Same. with some jalapeno cream oh. cheese. I'm on fire. Yeah. Let's get it done over here. Question number five with a high five, Lindsay, your CEO and owner of Native Humble Farms in Native Oakland. You guys make sure you go support her brand or company as you hear what she's about and the struggle is real. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone dead or alive who would it be and why um i would say i would like to smoke with um well two either erica badu uh, i'm gonna put that out there very, so very, very Burner, wow, we've been having the, her around yeah yeah <laughs> erica badu yeah um or lauren hill Ah, yeah. nice. I was wow. just listening to Lauren Hill over the weekend. We were out at the beach and they played the Fugees. Then we just got into Lauren's. And not, not only that, Lauren Hill's performing with the Fugees out here in October, I believe, and in, in LA. Oakland or San yeah. Francisco. I know I just saw. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to take my 13 year old because she listens to Lauren Hill. All Ooh, the time. La, la, la. <laughs> I mean, Queen King Zion, all her tracks. Dude, when she went here and did her solo album, that was one of the baddest. Absolutely. What is your favorite thing about Lauren? Or, or Erica. They're both amazing artists, but. They're just, I mean, uh, Erica Badu is just so cool. She's just so cool. Yeah. Um, and Have then, you smoked her new line yet? Um, I haven't, but I'm, I might be able to get it. Nice. Like to grow it. Oh, so that's really? So I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. So there's, we've talked a little bit about that. That'd so nice, yeah. yeah, I would be so thrilled. I did a little research and I know you are a singer. You could sing. Mm-hmm. Can you sing for us? <laughs> Let us get a little bar or something. Ooh la la la, it's the way that we rock when you're doing our thing. Ooh la la la. <laughs> oh, keep going, <laughs> I'm ready to start beatboxing with that. <laughs> I'm ready to give you a beat behind you for a second. Oh man, that was great, Lindsay. 
Anything we forgot to mention about you or the company or life that you want to mention? I didn't realize you had a book out there. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, that's awesome. You're a singer, dancer, mother, <laughs> gardener, everything else. Native, doing her thing. Anything you want to promote before we let you go? Um, no. I, I Well, actually, yes. So I want to promote um, sun-grown and craft in general, you know, yeah. um, because, you know, sun-grown is... We're seeing like broader uh, cannabinoid spectrums, um, more terpenes, uh, full spectrum terpene profiles. And so, you know, when you buy craft, when you buy sun grown, it, you're you're getting a better product. It's quality and it's oftentimes cheaper. Yeah. So, you know, just do your research and, and make sure expensive. that you're educated. Uh -huh. And um, sun-grown is fantastic. Like, it don't is. don't overlook it. Yeah, don't miss yeah. it. I, and, and I'm gonna just co-sign that for a second because I mean, I grew up on a lot of sun-grown and um, even even sun grown just out of Mexico, like back in the day that that, you know, when we were picking up packs, you know, and and yeah, you know, there's seeds and there's this and there's that. But I mean, the sun grown has come so much further. Mm -hmm. And and now that we start to see like the real quality sun grown that's out there, the genetics are completely different. I, They're just advanced. Well, there's a di for me, it's a different high. Like it's a, it's more of a natural high, yeah. you know, and, and it's in. And I think that's where the giggly comes from. And just a, there's a better feeling sometimes you get from that. And you don't always have to look for the THC level that's going to knock you on your ass. Totally. You know, yeah. there's the terpene profiles, the things that you need to start to investigate into and know that they're just as, as important as the, the THC level. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And then lastly, so yeah, indigenous farming practices. So I breed indigenous microorganisms by taking plants, like native plants that are around the farm, and then you ferment them. It's like a natural farming practice. And so it's it's techniques like that that, that sun-grown small craft farmers are they using. Do. And yeah. that, that's why we're seeing such such a cool, you know, quality and tint in the product. So yeah, sun-grown, regenerative. Well, there it is, guys. It's Cannabis Talk 101. And remember this, if no one else loves you, we, we do. Follow Cannabis Talk 101 on all social media at Cannabis Talk 101. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.